Hello, hello, everyone out there in Geek Vibe Nation. This is your good friend, Dane. I'm a little hoarse tonight, guys. I had a wrestling event that I was, but don't feel jealous. All right, sorry. Anyways, this is another wonderful, enticing episode of Wrestling Geeks Alliance, where we talk about wrestling, if you couldn't figure out from the first fucking word. But uh, we have a great show planned for you. Uh, We're a little bit off because I didn't get home until about 1 o'clock Tuesday night. So I asked uh, Juwan and Chris if I could sleep in, if you will. Um, so they were they were gracious enough to say yes, and we rescheduled to today. So that's why you're listening right now. Uh, speaking of Chris, Chris, you're out there somewhere. I'm not looking at you, but you know your voice sounds sexy. Mm, I was like, oh yeah, baby, I make sure you go home and get yourself some rest after doing that Broadway. <laughs> that was like Dusty more Cajun than ever. Like that was amazing. All right. Yeah, but I haven't drunk enough to but, do. Uh, I haven't drunk enough to do a good Dusty. Oh, you just get an right here, man. Like a uh, <laughs> slapping the bass. <laughs> slapping the bass, man. All right, we're off to a great start right now. So we have uh, some wrestling to go over. We got a little bit of Raw and SmackDown that happened. Uh, we have some prediction for extreme rules that we're going to be going over. Uh, and then we're going to probably talk about a little bit of extra, you know, this and that, maybe some new Japan thrown in there at the end of the show. So thank you guys for, like I said, taking time to listen to us on a random different night and time, actually, at 7 o'clock. But uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get this started. Um, get this party started on a Saturday night. All right, let's start off with Raw. And the funny thing is, I've watched Raw twice, and I can't remember most of it because of one of the events that happened. I think that you had the same problem, Chris, right? Uh, yeah, man. Uh, but I was able to catch up, so it, I'm, I'm all good. I'm ready for this. My body is ready. All right, your body's ready. My body's saying no, uh, but we'll, 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 we'll keep on going. show opened with Miz TV, where the Miz welcomed in Cesaro and Sheamus as his guests. After all three people verbally ran down Dean Ambrose and the Hardy Boys, they were confronted by their opponents for Extreme Rules this Sunday, leading to something that happened right after the break, Dean Ambrose and the Hardys against Miz, Sheamus, and Cesaro. The six-man tag match was made by general manager Kurt Angle. Jeff Hardy scored the pin on the Miz following a Swanton bomb. Following the match, Corey Graves abruptly left the commentating table and headed to the backstage with his phone in his hand. Backstage, Corey Graves met with Kurt Angle regarding some mysterious information on Graves' phone. Angle said that if what Graves was showing him was true, it would ruin him. All right, Chris, give me your input on the match setting up for the pay-per-view and then also this extra stuff going on with Kurt Angle and Corey Graves. Well, um, Booker at one point during the first, the the Miz TV segment, actually... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he basically said that the Miz had managed to turn the entire interview about Cesaro and Sheamus into just himself, which was awesome because that's what the Miz should do. And it set up for a pretty decent match. I actually uh, I hate these three-way tags that they've been doing constantly, but it was fine. I think the crowd was into it, and uh, Dean and the Hardys, uh, Dean Ambrose and the Hardys seemed to work together pretty well, and the fans the fans seemed to like it, so that was good. Um, as far as the Kurt Angle situation goes in the back, I kind of hated it because I know the end result is just Stephanie McMahon. 
and they could swerve me, but it kind of seems like it's Stephanie McMahon. I mean, she fell through a table, so she can't be gone that long. I'm just assuming it's going to be uh, Steph McMahon. Maybe after the Stanley Cup is over, they're probably just chilling in Pittsburgh and flying back and forth to Nashville watching the Stanley Cup or some shit, knowing Steph and uh, Triple H. But uh, my guess is that uh, you're going to see her back sooner than later, maybe – Maybe before the next big pay-per-view, you're going to see Steph show back up and get some feud between her and uh, Kurt. Hopefully, she doesn't bury him as hard as she buried McFoley, uh, but only time will tell. Yeah, uh, that's definitely something to worry about if with the Stephanie angle, for sure. Um, going back to the start of it, yeah, same thing. I was also a big fan of that little comment from Booker T. I think they did great uh, setting up everything that they the way they could. I just think it's kind of dumb that the Hardys now – in tag, three-man tag, singles, they are beating the shit out of Sheamus and Cesaro. And I still, for some reason, think that Sheamus and Cesaro are going to win Sunday night. That's, that's the crazy part. But uh, I don't see, feel the same way for Dean. But we'll get back to that later on when we do predictions. Match was all right. You know, uh, nothing too big. I like the Corey Graves thing because it got me. I really thought that something was going on that wasn't supposed to happen. And I like it when they do that. And when they incorporate in the story well, you know, that side of it I did like. But I think that you are right that somehow, some way, whatever's going to ruin Kurt Angle, it's Stephanie-related as like probably like a power move, I'm assuming, or some way to keep Kurt Angle in line. So um, who knows? Time will tell. I just want to see Kurt Angle in the ring at some point. I mean, I think all of us want that. I just don't want to see, like you said, a repeat of Mick Foley and versus Stephanie McMahon, or or should I say, Stephanie McMahon destroying McFoley every week. So they can figure out a way to do I, that. That's great. The way that the way they set it up, though, I like. Do you agree with that? Yes, I do. And I actually have a question for you. If they continue down this path, and it is Stephanie McMahon, would you be interested in a Triple H Kurt Angle match? And do you Absolutely. think this is worth leading? Because well, I kind you of know feel what. Like that's where this is leading. Like, I feel like that, that um, if they're going to put someone out there that they know will take care of Kurt and knows Kurt will take care of them, they're going to do an older guy type match. It's probably a good one-off match. They'll get big buys because of the names and you don't have to worry about who goes over in the match because it's not going to hurt either one of them. Um, I think, I think it's a good play and I think it's, it might be something that they do now, whether or not they execute on it, we'll see, but I think that's where that might be heading. But that's long-term was prediction. It? We're talking probably two, three months. So, I think it was um, David Metzer saying, or someone, maybe it might have been like one of the crappy sites. I don't know. So this might not be I, – I, I thought it was someone big. I'll just put it that way. But there was a rumor that they're going for that at Mania. They're trying to set up Kurt Angle, Triple H at Mania. So maybe this will be a long feud. Triple H is someone absolutely I would love to see Kurt Angle work with. You know, for this whole entire thing. They're never going to do it, but I think it would be hilarious if, as commissioner, Brock Lesnar as a champion tries to give shit to Kurt, and maybe at a pay-per-view, Kurt puts him right in his place and beats him. Like, it's not for the title or anything like that. They Maybe Kurt even says you can keep your friggin' title beforehand, and they just do, like, a non-title match, and it's a good match, but Kurt Angle hands fucking Brock his ass. Then that would be pretty badass. But, yeah, other than Brock Lesnar, Triple H is the only other person I'd really like to see him work with. Because... I would love to see him work with Daniel Bryan, but that's not going to happen. You know, um, 
I'd love to see him work with, with Punk, but that's not going to happen. Seen as someone, again, that would be a fun person to watch Kurt Angle with, but it makes sense with Triple H. So I, I think they're going to go that direction. Uh, we'll have to wait and see. But let's keep on going with uh, Monday Night Raw. Um, thought this was a really good match. Uh, Samoa Joe, Finn Balor, Bray Wyatt, triple threat match made last week. Samoa Joe stole a pin on Bray Wyatt by throwing Finn Balor out of the ring after Balor performed the Coup de Gras on Wyatt. Uh, backstage, Seth Rollins commented on his history with Roman Reigns before his match later on the show, as well as promising he would be victorious at Extreme Rules this Sunday. Like, at one point, I think he said he owned him or something like that. I'm not sure that the big dub liked that. Uh, but <clears throat> just commenting, like I said, I thought this was a really good match. The three of them performed really well together. I liked a lot of the spots. Uh, I think there was like a sloppy spot, but if I'm not for, uh, if I'm forgetting from Bray Wyatt at one point. But I guess since I can't think vividly about it, it didn't matter that much. But I like the fact that Finn was going to beat him and Smojo screwed over Bray Wyatt. The only thing that, this, that, that, that sucks is that they are making Bray Wyatt, the eater of worlds, this, this you know, astral concept, like this, this no one can beat him. That's, that's his gimmick. He fucking loses almost every single time, though. So that's my, that's my one pet peeve, but I definitely like the match, and I like the fact that Samoa Joe and Balor look good in it. So uh, the comments by Seth Rollins, I mean, they're just trying to throw a little bit of fire for the end of the show. You know, I don't think it's anything to even comment on. It was fine. It's not like it was a, a great, um, you know, uh, promo, but I don't expect great ones out of Seth Rollins. And, man, I actually liked Roman on the opposite side, but we'll talk about that. So how did you feel about these, Chris? Uh, I actually, the Samoa Joe, Finn Balor versus uh, Bray Wyatt match, well, a three, the three-way match in general. I, uh, I actually enjoyed it quite a bit. I thought it was kind of a fresh matchup seeing these guys in the ring together. Um, I, obviously, they went the route with the heels teaming on Balor first, which makes sense because they're trying to get heat. Uh, what, it, what doesn't make sense about that is Joe shouldn't trust or like anyone. His character has always been, I don't trust anyone, I don't like anyone, so for him to be outsmarted by Bray Wyatt kind of Hasn't, Makes him look weak a little bit, so I, I wasn't a huge fan of that. Chris, hasn't, um, hasn't well, Bray well, attacked Samoa Joe now a couple times, too? Like, I don't get that either. Yeah, that was, I mean, that was part of my problem with it, is that it was, um, it was, you know, it just seems kind of forced. I guess that's the best way to put it, is it seemed forced to me. Like, uh, like, Joe shouldn't be trusting him at this point. I mean, he just got dropped with uh, Sister Abigail. Was it? Yeah, I don't know if it was last week or the week beforehand. Without going back and looking at, you know, the show. At the, at the same point, it doesn't like why the hell would he be helping him? If anything, he'd be helping Balor, and they would be teaming on Wyatt. But that wouldn't make any sense. So it was kind of a weird matchup. But the, the match itself was was pretty good. I thought it was a you know a three star match, a, a pretty good TV match, and then. Um, I, I, it sets up for the pay-per-view. I, th- I think it really does. And, and Balor looks good in the match, and Samoa Joe got a heel win. You know, he came in and kind of stole the victory, which was which was pretty good. Um, all things considering, I, I appreciated the match. I thought I thought it was good leading up. We did skip um, Elias Samson and, uh, versus Zach Evans. 
which I, I like uh, Samson. It was just a squash match. So there's nothing really to talk about. I just don't want people to think we're ignoring it. So I want to see what they're doing with that character. Oh. Um, and hopefully, this is a long-term hope, but it's never gonna. It's probably never gonna happen. But can we please get El Bagabondo again from NXT? <laughs> the masked, the masked Drifter would be awesome. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we kind of funny. It's a funny, it's a funny concept. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at my <laughs> notes and I don't see what the hell. This is probably the fucking uh, from the condensed Hulu version. Sucks. Yeah, right, it was, well. It was was a three. It was a three minute match, and uh, I watched it. And it was. I mean, it was a good match. It was just basically. It was a basic squash match. It was literally just him squashing some guy. What was this dude's name? I don't want to. In case he's listening out there, Zach Evans, you did a good job of getting squashed. So no hate on you, man. You did your job well. You actually looked pretty good in the ring for a squash oh. match. Oh. So if you happen to listen to this podcast for some reason, don't think that we're just crapping on you by calling it a squash match. You did a good job. Um, Dude, there's no way that Zach Evans does not know he was set up for a squash match. I mean, that, that I, I mean, I know, but I don't like, want him to think that we're commenting on his in-ring work <laughs> because we can talk about the match. I mean, I feel like that's why we have to talk about the match. You gotta pay like, your getting, dues, bro. Zach you, know? Evans you, t- you tell Zach Evans to call into this podcast, and I'm gonna put him over because he did a good job getting. We'll squashed. both put him over. I'm just saying. Look, I love Zach <laughs> Evans, man. He's me and him went to school in middle school. You know, I've known him for years. Uh, I'm just saying, you know, it, he knew that he was getting squashed by fucking the modern, um, the modern uh, honky tonk man, Elias Sampson. You know, it's, it's going to happen. Uh, I actually, oh, did. Uh, I this was on my notes, but I just completely fucking went around it. So, uh, yeah, I'm glad that you did that. But um, yeah, yeah, I like Elias Sampson though. I, I really do. I, I like what he's doing. I, I don't think he's going to be doing much. He might get a mid card belt eventually, but. Do you like how he's jumped out of NXT suddenly and now he's he got literally he he got beat three times in a row to get kicked out of NXT from what I remember, and now he's on main. Like, do you find that kind of weird? <laughs> Kinda, but he's the drifter, right? I mean, if I was doing this character WWE, I would like put him on TV for two weeks on Raw and then take him off, and then put him on SmackDown. Like, this guy doesn't actually Britain. have a fucking contract. He's just showing up as a goon. <laughs> and I would have just had him hitting people with guitars, like, left and right. Like, maybe not across the head, because that seems a little much in modern WWE. But, like, not even have matches. Just, like, him just literally just hitting people with guitars. And then you build it up to an actual match. But, you know, that's just how I would book it. Um, All right, and good then wrestler. you have I, I like a, lot. a guitar... You, you have a guitar and a pole match, Chris. Listen to this. And it's him versus <laughs> Jeff Jarrett. And the first person to smash the guitar over the head. And Honky Tonk Man will be the special guest referee. But Honky Tonk Man will fuck up because he'll actually grab the guitar and hit them both on top of the head. And then leave the, the whole entire thing and steal the Intercontinental title from the back. That's Let me my, I'm booking that. Let me take this a little further. What if Jeff Jarrett lays in the middle of the ring... And Elias Sampson is allowed to climb to the top rope to grab it off of a pole and hit Jeff Jarrett with it, and then Vince Russo comes out and does a shoot interview. How about Vince Russo comes out, <laughs> stands in the middle of the ring, and then Jim Cornette, Paul Heyman, and Eric Bischoff just show up with Uzis, like overdramatic, I'm talking fucking 
you know, like uh, like a, like like Scarface at the end of it, like him just getting shot a million times and like brrr, like just going back and forth, and that's how they end it. And then next week everyone's okay, kind of like the whole Brian Pillman thing to the extreme, like extreme rules. Now, sounds good, Dane. Fucking book it. Let's book it. <laughs> I'm sorry for everyone out there. By the way, if you guys want to join the conversation, ask a question, anything like that, call 929-477-3781. You'll be listening at that point. Press 1, and I'll cue you in, and you can ask something and uh, all that jazz. So let's keep on going. Uh, the next match, Rick Swan versus Norm, Noam Dar. Uh, Noam Dar. I always forget his name and how to pronounce it. I know how he says Alicia Fox, um, but not his name for some reason. He's actually one of Finn Balor's best friends and like his head buddy at their gym in Scotland. I found that out from Finn Balor's documentary. Either way, Rick Swan defeated the fuck out of Noam Dar, so who gives a shit? Swan was accompanied, though, by uh, Sasha Banks, uh, while Dar, obviously, by Alicia Fox. Banks attacked Fox outside the ring, allowing Swan to connect with a Phoenix Splash on Dar for the win. Backstage, uh, uh, one of them interviewed the Revival, uh, who said they had nothing to do with Enzo Moore being attacked. Uh, She showed that they were on camera in the background from one of her interviews, walking about, and they said they were just there. Uh, The other dude showed the fact that his teeth are still shut, so I think the Revival is going to be back soon. They're just waiting for him, obviously, to heal up. And then Corey Gray speculated that Big Cass might have been the one to take out Enzo Amore. Cass was then confronted by Graves, who backed the fuck down, and I probably would too. So, Cass, if you've ever heard anything I've said bad, it's always been about Enzo. Well, I also said that you're very boring on the mic, but <laughs> just pretend I didn't say that either. Anyways, uh, regardless... Another thing I also did like, I like these, like, I don't know if they're just trying to see if they implement the NWO concept of, like, having Cass come up and confront Graves, you know, make it look like it's not scripted, but I dig it. I like bringing back certain things. Like, when they were doing the promos for a while, they don't like old school, and then they stopped doing that for some fucking reason. Because Vince's like, no, it's not working! Bullshit. It was! Anyways, regardless, how did you feel about Rick Swan and Noam Dar, them going into the pay-per-view, uh, Everything with the revival and who the hell is hitting Enzo more? Do you think that it might be Big Cass, Chris? Let's be honest. Who the hell cares about this Alicia Fox, Sasha Banks angle that they're doing? Like, I, I don't care. I don't think anyone's reliably watching 205 Live based on the ratings that were put out recently by WWE. And I honestly could care less about the match. I like Rich Swan, or Rick Swan. I wish he was doing something else, and I like Sasha Banks, and I wish she was doing something else. I don't know if she's being punished or something, but this is fucking absolutely awful, and I kind of wish it wasn't on my TV every week. Um, as far as a pay-per-view match goes, no one cares. It'll be on the pre-show. It's probably not even going to make Extreme Rules. It'll be, it'll be in that, what, that 7 o'clock hour before the show actually starts. I, I, mean, I hate to bury it, but it was fucking awful, and I'm going to take liberties on this match. And, and, you know, they didn't even catch the finish on the camera because they were looking at Sasha Banks. If Sasha Banks is literally more over than everyone in this match, then why the fuck even put her with these two or these three? Which is kind of what it seemed like they were going for. (laughs) 
And I don't remember what the follow-up question is because I got so pissed off that I can't think straight. <laughs> uh, it was, who did it? You know, it, it's kind of like the movie Clue. Enzo keeps on getting knocked unconscious. Uh, apparently the Revival said they didn't do it, and Corey Graves speculated that maybe Cass did it, and then Cass got in his face. What do you think is going on there with that angle? Um, as, as I said last week, I still think it's the Revival because I think they want to give them one more match before they go against the Hardys. And I, I, we're going to talk predictions later, but I feel like the Hardys are going to hold that, those belts for a little bit. So I think that uh, it's, I think it's the revival. I think that's the next big heel tag team. Now, that being said, I did like that, you know, Cass didn't take kindly to someone saying that he beat up his little buddy. Now, what I hope, which would never happen, but if they were smart, they would actually – like have Enzo turn on Cass and become like a heel manager. Um, if they're going to try to put Cass over as a single superstar, I don't think he's there on the mic. Like you said, he's decent in the ring, um, but time will tell. We'll see. He's, he's, I think he's good for a big guy. I will definitely give him that credit. He moves pretty fluidly. Sometimes he's all power, but I mean, uh, you know, that's a lot of guys in general, like Sheamus and shit like that. They hit way too hard. But you know, a lot of people like that. I know I do, but I'm just saying it's out. Anyways, let's go to the Titus O'Neil and Kalisto thing. Um, they had a match. O'Neal was accompanied by the ring by Apollo Cruels. Uh, Titus won by countering Kalisto's roll-up attempt by holding him down and grabbing a handful of tights. Oh, God, Titus, what are you doing? Such a jerk, man. Such a jerk. But anyways, Alexa Bliss came to the ring afterwards. Oh, God. This is the moment, Chris. I'm, I'm not even going to go in detail. You guys watched it. It was a fucking shit show. Okay? They tried to do a this is your life thing. I felt so bad for Alexis. She, or Alexa Bliss. She was probably one of the only good things about this because she's actually good on the mic. If she didn't have her, this is embarrassing. I'm surprised that Vince honestly didn't cut this and tell them to, like, make Bailey head out early, basically. Because it's not that it was, like, overly embarrassing for Bailey. It was just dumb, and no one cared. And the audience really was not connecting with it. And it was just ridiculous, especially when the best friend, apparently, started making out with the first boyfriend. Like, it was so stupid. Uh, I don't get it. Um, I'm sure Chris is going to have a hell of a lot more to say than I mean, I just don't want to even want to give it that much attention. It was one of the worst things I saw in Raw since I started watching again, uh, or SmackDown in general. Afterwards, uh, Enzo Moore was jumped backstage again. Big Cass told Kurt Angle it was a revival, but Angle said the revival had already left the arena. So that keeps on going as a mystery. Chris, you got Titus O'Neil defeating Callisto by cheating, trying to convince Apollo Crews that's what he should be doing, pulling a... I guess a half-ass, million-dollar man type of concept. I don't know really what the hell they're going for. Uh, Alexa Bliss and that whole entire fucking shit show. And then, once again, Enzo has a concussion. Dude, I was on mute, but you almost made me spit out beer when you said million-dollar man because fucking Apollo Crews is about as over as Vincent. You're 100% right there if that's what you meant. (laughs) Well, I was saying he's basically... (laughs) Million Dollar Man, and yeah, Apollo Crews is Vincent in that whole thing. If Titus is the Million Dollar Man, like that's exactly what I was going for, yeah. Um, 
kind of sad. He's not as over as Million Dollar Man, but I did appreciate it. I, it furthers that angle, and maybe we'll see Apollo Crews lean total bad. I kind of wish that they would tag or something. Um, I hate saying it would that be a great tag team. Yeah, but WWE just always it's it's. I just hate that they do that sometimes. Like they, I don't want them to just throw them together. But at the same point, like. I don't know. Maybe this is actually going to help Apollo Crews because he's been very stale. I think he left NXT way too early. I, I think him having the title there would have helped him with uh, some of the internet fans and helped that get over in the arena. Um, the last match I remember from him on NXT was him straight losing at a takeover to Baron Corbin, and then he got called up to the the main roster, which was kind of weird. Um but, yeah, I like Titus O'Neil. You know, he got the win over Kalisto, which Apollo Crews couldn't do. And he cheated to get it, but he just, you know, he further it furthers that storyline. So, at least in a storyline sense, it, it was fine. Um, to the negative, this is your life. Are we, uh, are we rehashing Nick Foley's shit and just doing it terribly now? Is that, is that what Rawls came to? They have three hours of programming. And instead of showing people from 205 Live, they're like, you know what would be a good idea? Let's do this terrible segment for 20 minutes in which the entire live audience is screaming boring and chanting delete the entire segment. It, it, this shit's not over. Like, no one wants those This Is Your Life segments unless they revolve around Mick Foley. And this, the, the whole spot was, was fucking terrible. The beatdown at the end didn't mean anything because everything building up to it just turned everyone in the building off. And me at home off, I'm not going to lie to you, I switched over. I think the Stanley Cup was on. I switched over to the Stanley Cup during the segment, turned back. It was still going, and it was just absolutely the most terrible thing I've seen on Raw this year. Um, Alexa Bliss is trying her best, but you can't send her out with shit material like this. And they've just consistently been burying Bailey for no reason. And if she doesn't win at Extreme Rules, then, like, all of this is for naught. And then it goes into my other pet peeve, which is we're just going to switch the title after two months, which absolutely pisses me off to no end as well. So this entire segment had me ready to throw shit at the TV, Dane. How, how did you honestly feel about this? Because you kind of just was being nice about it, but I want to hear how you felt inside. Um... I thought it was an insult to my intelligence. Let's just put it that way. I thought it was absolute crap. I thought it made uh, one of their strongest heels look stupid and made Bailey look even dumber because, like, what, is she just walking around? Like, I can't believe she's saying this, and then she fucking goes. Like, I – it was fucking revolting. It was It was awful. It was bad writing. It was – someone fucking got fired for that shit. And like I said – I'm surprised that Vince did not fucking say someone go down. I've seen some bad shit happen on WWE. This is WCW early 2000s level awful. Like that style fucking segment. It was garbage. And uh, like you said, they could have, they could have extended matches. They could have put a better segment. (laughs) I mean, for half the fucking time. Um, I don't know. I like I said, the worst thing I've seen since I started watching. Um, yeah. And I watched uh, in, one of my you, favorite wrestlers, Kenny Omega, fight a fucking blow up doll, and that was more entertaining than that. Now I'll I'll go on a little further. 
to say that they're building this up to a Bailey's never been kissed angle. I like Brian Alvarez said it first, and I guarantee you that's what it is. So if there's anyone out in the crowd at any of these live shows that happen to listen to this, please do me a favor. When Bailey comes down to the ring, jump the fucking railing and kiss her and just kill this story angle. I know you're going to get arrested, but I will bail you out. I will find you and I will bail you out. I won't. Christ, if that's the storyline that they're trying to go with with this shit, I'm going to throw up because it's fucking awful. WWE does not need to be doing never been kissed, like ever. Yeah, it just wastes potential in seeing Bailey become a really good wrestler. You know, uh, she isn't the best behind the mic, but she's cutesy and she has good quality. She's a decent and ring wrestler. I like it when she turns on the, the aggression. You know, she's fun to watch in the ring. But this is not going to help her character, and this is not going to help her future with promos and getting better on the mic. She doesn't have shit to work with, and it's just someone burying her about being, what, a fan? Like, didn't Alexa Bliss basically completely trash the company? Like, oh, no, 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 it wasn't that. She asked her best friend, and her friend was like, yeah, I stopped hanging out with her because she, was, she wouldn't go out uh, nights because she wanted to watch wrestling. And, and then her and Alexa had bad, like, ugh. Are you fucking kidding me? Why the hell would you write negative things about yourself, like, make that look uncool. Like, that is stupid. Ugh. All right. Let's keep on fucking going. Let's keep on going with this thing. Maybe we'll find some stuff that we like, you know? All right, Austin Aries and Jack Gallagher went against Neville and TJP. Uh, This tag team match came to a conclusion when Aries submitted Neville with a last chancery. I really like seeing that, and I really like that he brought it up on 205 Live, and I can't wait to see the two of them have their final battle at uh, Extreme Rules. It might be the match of the night. They always do great together uh, in the ring, him, Austin Aries, and Neville. Backstage, Roman Reigns said he doesn't care much about Seth Rollins. He doesn't really need him. He never did. All that type of good stuff. Just getting ready for the uh, match. And then uh, the the uh, announce bot tried to ask Neville about his concerns for his submission match when Austin Aries just submitted him, and he gave him that evil, like, troll look and then stormed the fuck off. Then we had a badass double package that I'm excited to talk about, where Goldust delivered another old-school promo saying he's a star, as big as himself. I think this is actually going to be another match on the pay-per-view that we don't know about. I'm, I'm assuming it now. Saying a star as big as himself was far too big for a supporting role and all this other stuff, and our truth was holding him back. Well, this ends, and then our truth has an old school one that reminded me like of like uh, '70s, like black exploitation style fil- films, and he's he's uh, he's basically quoting Pulp Fiction a bunch and Jackie Brown, and promised to shut Goldust's mouth. So all this stuff, the Austin Aries, uh, Jack Gallagher, Roman Reigns, and his prep for the match, Neville being fearful, and what do you think is going to go on this Sunday, Chris? And then, obviously, Goldust and R-Truth and their promos. All right. Um, I thought the uh, the tag match was fine. It's just that they've done it. I did, I did appreciate the finish of the tag match being a submission hold because that's what they're building to is a submission match. So, overall, I liked the match. Um, I thought everybody in it did what – I mean, those guys are really good wrestlers. It just sucks that – they're kind of stuck together right now in a weird way. Um, 
but I enjoyed I enjoyed that match. It was it was probably one of my highlights of Raw. Yeah, people have to keep in mind the show's three hours long, and these matches are like ten minutes. So yeah, and I say one of my highlights of Raw. There, I mean, there was two matches that were better, obviously, but this was definitely the third best match on the show. Um, the Goldust promo and the R Truth promo I thought was great for those two characters and and kind of what they've been building to. And I like the old school vignettes. I kind of, you know, they've done it on SmackDown a bit, but this is the first time besides the first gold dust promo, which just sounded like him rehashing old school dust, gold dust stuff. Um, I was, I was glad to see our truth respond back and, and actually use um, part of gold dust's character. I wonder if he had any say in that kind of hope he did. Um, Ron, Ron killings, our truth in general, is a is a really really great wrestler. He was a great heel in TNA. He's trained by Manny Fernandez. I kind of wish he was a heel in the WWE and always has, but it's one of those things where like at least I'm interested in that program, so I'm enjoying it. I look forward to seeing. I'm assuming they're going to have a match at, at Extreme Rules, and I'm kind of looking forward to it. Um, and then the Seth uh, the Seth Rollins Roman Reigns thing. I think I skipped over the first Seth Rollins promo because something pissed me off, but. Seth Rollins saying that like he owns someone is a bit ridiculous, um, considering like how the booking is done, where it's fifty fifty a lot of times. Uh, and then I I did really appreciate Roman Reigns' response. I thought it was pretty good. And Roman Reigns is walking this tightrope of being a heel and face right now. I know they're not going to turn him, but. Uh, it's different than John Cena because John Cena never had these like, well, at least to me, he never really had the heel tendencies. He just was either loved or hated. Roman Reigns has very heel tendencies. So if they did a full turn on him, I I think that people would get behind it. And I know you don't necessarily want to cheer for the heels, but at this point you need to do something with a guy or or kind of shit or get off the pot because he's got to go against Brock Lesnar. And I feel like it's easier to turn Brock Lesnar into a fan favorite than it's going to be, turn Roman Reigns into a fan favorite. So if they're building towards that match, that would be kind of what I want to see is the darker side of Roman Reigns, maybe attacking Paul Heyman or something or locking him in like a fridge like they did Paul Bear or something crazy, something, you know, very unlike WWE, maybe something like not necessarily flipping an ambulance, but not to that extreme, but something where he really does something super fucked up to Paul Heyman that'll bring out, you know, the good side, like where you want to see Brock Lesnar beat Roman Reigns' ass. Because I think that'll say, sell pay-per-views more than just Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar. Now, whether or not they'll actually do that is uh, yet to be seen. But I do like that they've kept Roman Reigns on that line, and I do like that he actually responded to what Seth Rollins said and didn't say, this is my yard, I'm going to beat anybody that's in it kind of thing he did respond he was he he literally said nobody owns me and i i appreciated that he they they looked at the promo they knew what seth was going to say and he responded to it sounded like most of it was written um seth is a better promo than that so i kind of wish they'd give these guys more leeway but that's kind of just where wwe is at in general right now uh but overall i like i like all of all of this stuff in this block so it's kind of surprising coming out of the last two blocks that you've given me, but I, I liked everything. Yeah, um, I completely agree with Roman Reigns. Uh, his promo was good. I like how he's teetering between. <clears throat> I think that he's actually, I don't know if it's because, you know, experience or just 
kind of resentment that the fans don't like him, like a little bit of like, you know what, go fuck yourself, like that type of feeling because he's been pushed so much as a baby face. Uh, he's gained a little bit of charisma, I think. He's gained a little bit more mic skills. Uh, I feel like whatever emotion or, or, or emotion that he's pushing for the performance he's giving, he's doing a hell of a lot better and he's more convincing. I like Roman Reigns nowadays better than I like Seth Rollins. I'll fucking be straight up honest with you at that. I like watching Seth Rollins in the ring more, but when it comes to their personalities and their gimmick, I like Roman. I, I'm start, Roman's starting to grow on me, and I'm hoping that he keeps on doing that. I wish that I wish him to be able to go heel to the point where everyone hates him and he just like feeds off of it, like a smile on his face. We'll see if that ever happens. I don't know. He can be he can be a dominating champion and still be a mega heel, and he has such good conviction and 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 presence to be a mega heel. But you know, we'll find out. Uh, I love the stuff between Goldust and R-Truth. I'm very much looking forward to whatever the hell is going to go on between the two of them. They're both great vets in their own right. I love the incorporation of movies. I like that R-Truth, like I said, was like doing that as, you know, like the, the black exploitation, like the, that type of era of films, like as like a smack you to the Goldust concept, like great stuff. And Austin Aries, Jack Gallagher, always good. Or Austin Aries and Jack Gallagher are good, but Austin Aries and Neville in the ring are always good. I can't wait to see them. I'm not comparing them directly, but you know I like to do comparisons. They have chemistry in a cruiserweight level that I remember Eddie and Dean having way back in the fucking 90s in the ECW into WCW. I'm just watching these two guys. They're fast-paced. They go into submissions pretty fluidly. You know, they're, they're just fun to watch, and I really, really, really like Austin Aries, and, I mean, and Neville, but I, I can't wait to see Austin evolve from where he's going from this. So, like you said, everything was good from this segment. Uh, the last match was actually a pretty damn good match. Uh, Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins, following a long back-and-forth match between the two former members of the Shield, Rollins delivered a corner-to-corner buckle bomb to Reigns, who then immediately hit Rollins with a Superman punch and collapsed. Shortly thereafter, Rollins connected with a frog splash for the two count, and he tried to go for his move, which he's not been able to hit except for the first time that he did it, that knee thing, uh, but Reigns came back and scored the pinfall after a spear. So I thought it was a pretty good um, main event. They're good in the ring together. They obviously know each other pretty damn well. Um, I didn't think it was anything special. Like I thought some of the other matches were better. Like, I actually thought the three-way was actually better than this match, but it was still a good match, and it sets them up pretty well going forward of, yeah, guess what? Roman Reigns is not your bitch, Seth Rollins. So uh, you can keep on thinking that, but it's just not going to happen. So uh, how did you feel about the main event at Raw? With the promos that were cut, I was actually – I never say this, but I was kind of happy that Roman Reigns went over just because, like – it's hard to like Seth Rollins, his character right now, to me at least. Um, and I don't really like Roman Reigns either. I, I mean, I want to hate him as well. But the problem is is that Seth Rollins is supposed to be this big baby face going into this match. And I didn't really feel it. Like, when you tell a grown-ass man that you own him, like, it's kind of a heelish thing to say. Um the match itself was pretty good. I liked the uh, the buckle bomb spot. I thought that they had like made him not do that, so I was surprised that Reigns uh, 
decided to take it, especially with all the controversy around that move and Bret Hart's consistent and uh, just incessant whining about how that move's dangerous. So I was, I was surprised that they even did it, but it was cool. It was a cool spot. He bounced out, hit the Superman punch. I thought that was cool. Um, I like the spear. I hate Seth Rollins' new finish because he doesn't sell it properly. He doesn't make you believe it. Like when Okada does the Rainmaker, this short arm, he attempts it like five or six times in any of these five-star matches. The match with Shibata or the match with uh, Justin, uh, or not Justin, Thunder Liger, but uh, uh, Tiger Mask W um, or the match with, with uh, Omega. He's always building towards it. He's always short-arming. There's always reversals. There's always a build to it. Him just beating up a guy and then trying to do the short-arm knee doesn't fucking work for me. I, I think it's a terrible move spot. If he's going to do it, he should look at those guys. He should look at Omega and look at Okada and see how that works and why it made that move look so cool in the first place. Um, I don't think it's a terrible finish. I just think he needs to polish it a bit. I did like that he fucking completely missed and got speared. Um, it was a good match. It was. I'm on the same page as you. I don't think it was as good as the three-way but it was probably the second best match of the night. And I think given a little bit more time, they could have had a, a, a little bit of a better match. The match was shorter than three-way. The three-way, I think, was like 17 minutes. This match was like 12 or 13 or something, if I recall correctly. But uh, it was a good match, and I thought Roman Reigns looked really good in it. I just My only thing about Roman Reigns in the ring, um, he's always going to put on a consistent match. I just wish he would turn it up kind of like John Cena has when he's wrestling these big matches or these main event matches, which this isn't a pay-per-view match, but just incorporate some moves you don't do. I'm not saying like, you know, do a springboard stunner or anything crazy like that. But like when John Cena is doing a pay-per-view match, he might hit like a top leg or go for like a top rip leg drop or, you know, just something different than the paces because he's going to get pigeonholed into the internet fans being like, he has five moves, which right now they're not wrong. He kind of does have five moves. And he, he works around it and there's his big spots. It's very Kevin Nash esque, Hulk Hogan esque, John Cena esque. But if he just added a few more things, I, I think people would appreciate him a lot more as far as his in, in ring work goes. I, I, I personally think he's a great wrestler. I just, you know, if he added a little bit more offense to these big matches like him versus Rollins or, or um, if he goes against Lesnar, him versus Lesnar. I would just like to see him, you know, if he ends up being the one to go against Lesnar, I want to see him hit some German suplexes. I want to see him do something slightly out of character or slightly out of his normal moveset as opposed to just Superman punches and spears. It, just add another level to Roman Reigns. But he's going in all the right directions for me right now. I, I like Reigns personally, and, and I get heat for that because I like Reigns and I stick up for him. But it is what it is. I, I think he's a good wrestler, and I think that, you know, eventually, I don't know that he'll ever get to that John Cena level, but he could get to a major heel level um, if they wanted to go that Mega route. Heel. So we'll, we'll see Super what happens. Heel. That's what I'm talking about. I, I just don't get it. I completely agree with you that he needs to get something. And, you know, for for the, the normal format of a wrestling match and how they usually generally go, go you can start noticing, and the, and the first person I will label this to is one of my favorite wrestlers of all time, Mr. Ric Flair, if you're doing a consistent same act, 
And I'm not asking him to change up certain ways he does things and just add a little bit more. I mean, he's a dominating, huge dude. You know, um, we've talked about it. Some type of power bomber. That power bomb he does every once in a great fucking while. Like, you're not saying be like John Cena of how athletic and ridiculous he is and do a flip over power bomb. You're just saying, like me, just do something that's intimidating. It would be amazing, and I think you suggested this, if, if he adopted something from The Undertaker, whether it be, I think you suggested him walking the ropes and trying old school, people will get so pissed, he gets so much heat, so I don't know, unless he's heel, if he wants to do that or not, but then again, it's fucking Roman Reigns, so who cares regardless, or I said The Last Ride is a great move that he could incorporate himself with uh, just something, uh, just a couple more things to change it up. Uh, so you're not so boring, but I do agree with you. I've always liked him as a wrestler. I thought he was crap on the mic. I think he's getting better. I think when people crap on him, I usually give him a lot of shit back. Um, I think it's worse with John Cena. I actually get in arguments with people uh, who claim to be huge like wrestling fans that are like, no, John Cena is a horrible wrestler. It's like, what the fuck are you talking about? John Cena had three like, of the best matches last year. He could wrestle with a tin can. Like, you can get mad about a lot of other things. Like, his gimmick sucks, and he's always put on top. But the man can fucking move in the ring. And, something I respect, he's one of the only last guys to call him the ring. That's a, that's a dying art. You know, if, and if anyone does not know what that means, I think we've gone over it, but just in case, calling the match inside the ring, Bret Hart, uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin, the many wrestlers that have done it. It used to be something that was done normally. You might have, like a Ric Flair or like a, like a Shawn Michaels or whatever, certain quirks that you do, but most of the time everything was talked about while the match was going down to make it, you know, uh, they knew spots they were going to get to, but in between it was them talking to each other slightly, one usually leading to where we're going to go in the match to get to those spots. Then you had guys that are brilliant wrestlers like Macho Man Randy Savage and like Diamond Dallas Page, another one of my favorites, that had to – you know, develop everything, would have pages, notes for people to figure out every spot and how to get in between them. Neither way is a bad way of doing it. I'm just more impressed by doing it in the ring because it just takes more skills to make people wowed by something that you did not really go over every detail for. So I have a lot of respect for John Cena, also like Roman Reigns, and I don't give a fuck if anyone has a problem with that. Stick it up your ass. There's a good chance you like Enzo more. So that says a lot about your fucking credibility when it comes to being a wrestling fan. Sorry. Uh, did you want to say anything, Chris, before we move on to SmackDown? No, man. I think we both got our anger of Raw out. Um, but, you know, you were at SmackDown, so I'm kind of looking forward to uh, hearing about the live crowd and how things are going in the Phillips Arena, the home of the Atlanta Hawks. <laughs> With a Dominic well, Wilkins banner hanging high. Well, the thing is, uh, what got me back into wrestling, one of the first uh, things besides uh, 2K, was me winning uh, tickets to see Survivor Series, not this year, but the last year. And I was finally able to see The Undertaker live, which was really special because that was his last appearance for Survivor Series. That, that was his last, which he first debuted on Survivor Series. Um, and that was his last appearance in Atlanta. Um, if he stays, if, if we're supposed to believe that he's going to be retired, which I do. Um, and it was him and Kane, Brothers of Destruction, and they put Bray Wyatt, after taking out the whole entire family, put Bray Wyatt through 
or maybe it was Braun Strowman, I don't remember, double chokes landed him through the announce table. And I realized watching it, first of all, the New Day was really weird, and I wasn't ready for them then, uh, like I was now. Um, and also this how small the Phillips Arena really is for wrestling events. Like, I hadn't seen a Raw or a uh, Nitro in years. And these last two times, it's, it's small. Like, I can't wait to see it in the new, um, the new arena <laughs> that they're talking about having WrestleMania in a couple of years. At. I forgot what it's called because uh, I'm not a sports person probably. But that's the reason why I sound like B. Arthur right now. I was screaming a lot. So my voice is very uh, dampened. But it was a lot of fun. Um, I always think it's weird not having the announcers talking. It's kind of like you're just seeing what the hell goes on, and then there's, you know, when, when they go to commercials and they're just waiting in the ring or doing whatever, it's kind of strange. Uh, but it was a lot of fun. I was yelling for everyone. And um, even though I talk a lot of shit about Jinder Mahal, I was pissing off a lot of people by standing up, putting my arms out, and go, everyone hail the Maharaja, and, like, doing that over and over again. Um, I kind of got over Chris with that. Uh, it was, it was, uh, it was interesting, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I, I definitely enjoyed it. I want to go see raw in uh, November because I want to be able to get Finn Balor under my belt. And I was happy to get Shinsuke. I've seen him live. I've seen Sami Zayn, a lot of great wrestlers, you know, going back to nitro, I got to see Macho Man, Randy Savage. I got to see Hulk Hogan, Sting, uh, raw. I got to see Steve Austin. I've seen a, all of most of my favorite wrestlers live. And now I'm seeing some of the current ones. And I was happy to see The Undertaker last time. So a lot of events are great. Atlanta crowd's really fucking weird. Sometimes they're really into it, and sometimes they're... Um, but I had a good time regardless. So And I didn't drink, which is crazy. It's expensive as fuck. But I wish that you were there, Chris. Yeah, I would, I would go... I, I've been to many events at Phillips Arena, whether it be SmackDown Raw or the Royal Rumble. Um, the crowd is weird, but Atlanta is a weird, I mean, it's even weird for sports here. Uh, Atlanta is kind of a a hub for a bunch of different big cities. Um, there's not a lot of homegrown Georgia people here, but as we'll talk about later when AJ Styles music hit and he came out, we do have love for the hometown boy. Um, I just, you know, it's kind of weird. Georgia, Georgia in general, it's not just wrestling. It's just, sports in general if rick flair would have came down to the room that whole building would have popped the roof off it's just a weird scene in general for us sports sports wise uh it, it's so weird you'll go to like a hawks game and they're playing like the cavaliers and you're going to see you know half of the crowd is going to have lebron james jerseys on which isn't that far-fetched because he's super over he's john cena of basketball um <laughs> but loved and hated um, but yeah, Atlanta's kind of weird. It's always a weird crowd. Now, if, uh, anyone listening out there wants to go to like a live wrestling event, um, ring of honor rolls through Gwinnett arena. And when they go through Gwinnett arena, check it out. Jay lethal is usually there. Usually got a really good show. It's a good crowd. That's more of your outside the perimeter people, more of the local Georgia people. Um, and that's a really cool show. I, I, I'll, I'll hype that. Uh, it's definitely something everyone should check out if you're a Georgia resident. But, yeah, man, um, the crowd was they, – they popped for certain things. Definitely for AJ Styles. Uh, Sami Zayn seemed over. Sinsuke Nakamura seemed over as far as watching it from home. Oh, um, Chris, Chris. There, 
there were dead parts of this show for sure. I was so pissed off. One thing that I just remembered. So you know you're in Georgia. First of all, there were four fucking obnoxious little shit kids behind me. I'm gonna assume that me, my brother, and Alex Krieger were all the same way. But these kids, their parents were right the fuck next to them. And it was like when Ginger came out, go back to India. No one wants you here. Cologne Brothers, go back to Puerto Rico. And the fucking audience, you cheer Shinsuke Nakamura the whole entire time. When he starts talking, they started doing the what chant. And I was fucking getting pissed off. And I looked at some dude that was real close to me and gave him the eat shit look. Like, really, dude? So... He's, a, he's extremely over baby. You're going to give him the chance to get to the ring. But now we're not going to be able to hear what the fuck he's saying because you guys think it's funny that he has an accent. Pissed me off so bad. I, I, uh, knew, I, hate knew the, I was in Georgia. I hate, I, I hate the, the racist chance, but that's, wrestling has built that gimmick for forever. So now they die by it. You know what I mean? It's not the fans' fault yeah. forever you had shitbag heel from whatever country. It doesn't matter what country as long as it's not America. Um, that are going to get booed. And they watch their parents do that. They watch their parents, you know... I mean, me growing up, my grandpa fucking hated Ivan Koloff because he was Russian. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it, it's something that wrestling ingrained in us um, by playing with actual emotions and, and how people feel. It's just... It always sounds a little better with a southern twang, but it's everywhere. It's if you go to I've seen wrestling events in New Jersey, it's the same thing. Um, I'm sure it's just terrible. It's it's one of those things where it's like it's not needed, but as long as they keep booking it in the way they do, that stereotype uh, will always live on. Like I said, I think it's one of those things. Like it, it always sounds better with a southern twang, like. And it kind of pisses you off more if you think about it outside of the wrestling world. Where it's like, why would you tell this guy yeah. to fuck off? Just because he's from India. You should tell him to fuck off because he screwed Randy Orton over. That's why you should be mad at him, not because he's from India. But when he cut well, the promo, where he's was. literally like, when he cut the promo and he's literally like, I fucking all Americans are haters and I'm from India. It's like, well, yeah, well, now people just hate all Indian people. So good job. Fuck. <laughs> I know we won't we won't get better about that. If you're Russian or from the Middle East or India, you're going to be great villain uh, cannon fodder for the WWE. It, I guess those kids are just pissing me off because they're loud and right behind my fucking ear and maybe I was just being a grandpa, but the Shinsuke stuff kind of annoyed me. Because they were only doing what it wasn't I, that already I hate, but now you're doing what because he had, you know he can't fucking pronounce his shit. It's like well what the hell why were you cheering for him a second ago like I, I didn't understand mentality on that. And maybe it's not just Georgia just I I haven't been back in a live crowd. No one did a CM Punk chant thank fucking God I would have been pissed off. But let's get into the show of SmackDown shall we? All well, right before before we show, go before we go. One more, one more thing on the Sinsuke Nakamura thing. If you're at a live event and you're chanting what to a guy that speaks two fucking languages, go try to learn Japanese. Like, seriously, <laughs> try to learn fucking Japanese. And if you can't learn Japanese, then go fuck yourself. If you want to chant what, chant what in Japanese if you're trying to prove a fucking point. Otherwise, shut the fuck up. No one wants to hear your what chant. When a man who's literally one of the best workers in the business carry the New Japan title and speaks two fucking languages within the ring, 
and he's trying his best to connect to you, shut the fuck up and don't say what. Sorry, I had to get yeah. that out. It was going to piss me off all night if I didn't. No, and I, I agree with you. That's why it pissed me off. But it looks like, and hopefully they're not pissed off, or a troll. We have a caller, so we'll take them on right now and find out. Hey, you're with Wrestling Geeks Alliance. Uh, who is this? Hello. Hello. Hey, Hello. Going, who is this? Uh, Dick. So, uh, uh, so you mean those guys were running their mouths and you couldn't hear the wrestlers? Is that what happened? Those jerks. Yeah, yeah, they were saying what when the Asian what? gentleman uh, Shinsuke Nakamura was talking. So then you couldn't hear the wrestler. Yeah. Now but I hear my nuts in your mouth. Got him. What? Get the fuck out of here with your what joke, bruh. Seriously, get out. Bye. Bye. Uh, oh, well. Trolls are fun, you know? Seems, it seems yeah, to be the biggest shut down. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you know. Oh, well, well, he's got my nuts in his mouth now, so he's got to deal with that. <laughs> yeah, whatever. You know, I hope he gets fucked, fucked by an alligator or some shit. That means that I mean, you know, your show. Go ahead. But um, anyways, me, me, me and Chris have said this part where we're both trying to say something and not cut each other off at the same time. I think I might have won. So we're going to go on with the uh, SmackDown results. Uh, the, so the show opened, and then I watched this very, very close. Um, oh, man, next person. Can I block? Hold on one second. I just got to do something real quick, guys. Uh, this is this is going to be a little bit of fun because my buddy works for AT&T, so I want to know which douchebag keeps on calling in trying to troll. You can go fuck off, man. All right. Well, at least I have that for uh, future reference. Anyways, you got to deal with trolls out there, kids. It just happens. Show up and up with Kevin Owens' highlight reel with guests Shinsuke Nakamura. Owen said Nakamura thinks he's a rock star, but the last rock star in WWE got sent to an early retirement by Kevin Owens. And that was an awesome line, by the way. Nakamura started to respond, but was interrupted by Baron Corbin. Uh, Corbin showed highlights of him beating up Sami Zayn. Owens was unimpressed because he's been beating up Sami Zayn for 15 years. I love Kevin Owens. I think he's fucking great. Nakamura pointed out that he pinned Owens last week and that Corbin lost to Zayn twice. Corbin and Owens jumped Nakamura, but Zayn came in through the crowd to make the save. Zayn challenged the heels to a tag match right after the commercial. Simsuke Nakamura and Sami Zayn went against Kevin Owens and Baron Corbin. Owens ran into Corbin, and the two argued and then came to blows. Zayn dumped Corbin, and then Nakamura hit Owens with the Kinshasa and got the pin. How did you feel about the opening segment, Chris, and the follow-up match after the commercial break? Uh, you know, my thing about this, the thing that's a little weird, is that AJ Styles didn't lose clean, but he wasn't in this matchup. So I'm wondering storyline where they're going with AJ Styles. Is there, I guess he's going to feud against Dolph Ziggler now. But you would think that he would be mad about the Kevin Owens match. So it's kind of like they're disregarding a pay-per-view, which is a super weird thing to do. 
other than that, the match was pretty good. Uh, I thought the promo segment was pretty good. Once again, the, the what chance, like you said, which is probably get more collar heat. Here we go. Um, did take away from Nakamura. Uh, it, you know, like I said, it's one of those things. Fans are going to do it. Uh, give him a manager. This is a, this is a perfect spot for him to have a manager. There's tons of people out there that can talk on the mic that aren't necessarily good in the ring. Um, but yeah, I, like nothing, nothing against Nakamura, but he's going to get that reaction because that is everyone's reaction at any time someone pauses when they speak as a fan in WWE, apparently not me, uh, not a lot of other people, but the majority rules. Uh, other than that, I thought that whole segment was fine. I thought the tag match was pretty good. It builds the Sami Zayn versus Baron Corbin feud. It, it, it adds fire to this entire Money in the Bank uh, match. I kind of wish that they would have made Kevin Owens, if he wanted to be in this match, put up the title. Because at least if Kevin Owens goes over at that point, he won the title in Money in the Bank. And I think he could have built a lot of storyline around that uh, in general. Him fending off people for the U.S. title, him trying to cash in the, uh, the heavyweight title, the, or cash in for the heavyweight title, and then getting attacked while he's trying to do it because he's the U.S. champ, I felt like they could have built a really cool storyline around that, and they kind of missed the boat. But um, it furthers the feud. The match was pretty good. So overall, I liked it. I thought, I thought it was pretty good. And, and just in general, I, think, I, th- I thought SmackDown was a better show, but we're going to talk about it more. Well, it might have been mixed with the fact that I watched it live, but, yeah, I completely agree with you. I thought it was a better show. Um, Let's, let's uh, move on a little bit. All right. The Usos were in the ring talking about how no one on SmackDown can beat them. Uh, for the first time, I'll have to say that I liked the two of them and the dynamic. Before, I thought it was a little bit too loud. I'm glad they pumped down the volume. I thought they were good in the ring. Uh, that brought out the returning New Day. I was never a New Day fan, but I think that, you know, them not being there and coming and seeing them live – like right in front of me, I popped when New Day came out. That was pretty cool. Uh, who started to claim that they need to be the SmackDown new WWE Tag Team Champions. The part where they had they held up what's his name, um, uh, one of them, and was like shielding their crotch at them, like no, don't look away, and quoted uh, uh, Boondocks. By being like, we want some, and we need some. Now we can do that the hard way, like all that stuff. Hilarious. Good seeing them back. Shank Man has made it official. New Day uh, will be going against the Usos at Money in the Bank. Expect New Day probably to take titles and have them for a minute. Uh, then there was a new episode of Brazongo's Fashion Files. Uh, really funny stuff. They did it like a neo-noir-style concept. Honestly, I couldn't hear it that well being where I was. I, everyone was fucking talking and being loud the whole entire time. So I don't know, but from what I saw and a lot of the lines I caught, I thought they were still good. I like these guys going forward, and I want to see them do a lot more. Um, Chris, how did you like the fact that the New Day is back? And uh, also, how did you like the new Fashion Files episode? I love it. I, I, I wouldn't say I love the New Day. I love Xavier Woods, and I kind of always have and always will. 
And it was nice for them to take a little bit of a break, come back, refresh, going after the tag titles. I think my problem with them on a Raw is that they held the tag titles for so long, lost them, and then I don't even know if they had a rematch. I think they just kind of lost them and was like, okay, well, I guess we're not tag champs anymore, which that drove me crazy. And then their gimmick became ice cream and kind of weird. So it's nice seeing them back kind of refreshed and going after the titles, the thing that they're, they, they held for longer than uh, anyone else. So um, it's interesting. I, 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 uh, I appreciate it. I, the thing that I want to say about this segment most is – if you haven't watched any of the, uh, what is the card, ride-along? The Usos on yeah. ride-along, they have a great personality. So if they can give them more time on the mic and more time to use their personality to get themselves over as a heel, I think they can do it. Um, I thought they were really good on the mic considering, you know, who the New Day is, and they kind of know the New Day is going to be over the top. And I thought they did a really good job of keeping it grounded. Um and the main question coming out of this is day one is H? Question, question mark? <laughs> so right into the fashion files, uh, Fandango is slowly becoming my favorite person on Raw for some reason. They Smackdown. stuck him with such a shit. Or Smackdown. Yeah, Smackdown. Sorry, Smackdown. They stuck him with such a shit gimmick, but this dude is, like, doing his best to put on good work in the ring and doing these comedy sketches. Um, man, this segment was great. I I knew it was going to be Tyler Breeze when he saw the hot lady, but I was, like, kind of <laughs> hoping it was, like, Brie. Like, I was kind of hoping it was, like, Brie Bella or someone watching <laughs> silhouette. And then he could have been oh like, my God. oh, why am I here? <laughs> or something. Um, uh, but that their whole their whole comedy gimmick. The, the only thing about having a comedy comedy gimmick in the WWE is it it kills you. Like Santino Morello um, is an example. A- anyone that's ever had a comedy gimmick in the WWE, it, it kind of kills you. Uh, Heath Slater and Rhino, they haven't even been on TV, and they kind of had a comedy gimmick. My only worry is those two guys are both really good wrestlers, and I hope it doesn't end the same way for them. And hopefully they get another title shot. I think them versus the New Day would be hilarious. Um, and that's going to be a com- that would be a very comedy match, but it could be a way for them to get the tag titles uh, and do something more serious. And then maybe one day, because I think Fandango has the ring ability, and he has like he has decent mic skills, and he's got a really good look to him. I think if he ever turns heel against Tyler Breeze, who was doing all the costume changes and stuff for the most part, he could break out of the Fandango name and become an actual, like, heel or a pro wrestler in the sense that it's not, like, a weird character. Because they, they shelved that guy with a bad deal right off the bat. I always liked Fandango. I thought the match he had with uh, Chris Jericho was great. He got a win over Chris Jericho um, when he first came in. It, it just kind of sucks that you were stuck with such a bad gimmick. And we've talked about this week after week, so I'm not going to ramble on. But uh, Chris, the Chris, that, are you are you saying uh, that are you saying that Tyler Breeze is actually the Marty Jannetty of Brazongo? I yes, the Fashion Files are the new barbershop. 
Oh my they, god. Dude, if they play that Man, out like they keep on Oh my god. All right, so they keep on doing the fashion files that's their shtick. And when it gets really bad and old and the team's about to break up, they have a fucking window in one of the scenes and then he puts them through it. Oh my god, it would be hilarious. It'd be over his spot. It would ruin it would Tyler Breeze. I mean, possibly. He doesn't have the drug addiction that Marty Jannetty did, so he might get out of it okay. But I mean, it's not going to ruin him more than he is already. He's a mid-card tag guy with a bat. Always has had kind of a bad gimmick. The guy's a good wrestler. I kind of wish they would just give him the raw SmackDown paycheck that he has now and let him work NXT against some of these guys and kind of, you know, Put on some cool matches now, like there, now that he's, his name's kind of out there. And he could continue with a Master of Disguise gimmick even down there if he really wanted to. But, um, I, I, I mean, I always thought Fandango could be super over because of his look and kind of the way he works in the ring. Um, they just shelled that guy with a shit gimmick. Like, that gimmick's terrible. But they're making the best of it, and I appreciate that. They're, they're entertaining me. I thought this was probably the best as far as segments go. Um, of Raw and SmackDown, so so good for them. They're keeping me entertained at least, and hopefully everybody. I agree. Else. I think they are. They they got a big pop at a, at the, uh, the the SmackDown event. Anyways, all right. So best thing of the night, honestly, and I watched a great match with Dolph Ziggler and AJ Styles. But being in the stands, so we're supposed to be having a number one contenders match for to be you know. The, to go against Naomi, and all the competitors come down to the ring to get in the ring for a second, and as soon as Becky Lynch gets there, she gets in, and every, mayhem goes through. Everyone's fighting each other. They roll out of the ring real quickly, too quick apparently for the ref to be able to call the bell, and they're just beating the living shit out of each other. And at one point, I love the, the reoccurring theme. Um, at, at one point, I think Natalia was the first one to clear the table, Later, Tamina tried to clear a table and powerbomb uh, Charlotte through it. Uh, that was deflected. And then finally, Charlotte powerbombed uh, Naomi uh, – not Naomi. Um, uh, Tamina – no, not Tamina. Damn it. There's too many people. Um, well, she powerbombed one of them through the damn table. Then the funniest thing, Shane McMahon's hit music hits. Note, we have a bunch of women that have just beaten the crap out of each other – uh, one of them is through the table, and he just still does his thing. You know, he's, he's here comes the money, doing the dance moves and shit. Comes down, lets all the girls know that he's so impressed by them that they're finally going to have the first females Money in a Bank match uh, about damn time. And it just brings a whole entire new concept of what's going to happen from this. Who is going to win the women's Money in the Bank? I think that Charlotte will, but I'm not 100% sure. Um, they could really do anything. Uh, if they give it to Carmella, I'll probably be extremely pissed off. But how did you feel about this segment, Chris? And it was Natty who got put through the fucking table. God damn it. I thought the beatdown for this segment was uh, pretty fucking great. Like, as far as, like, a brawl goes, I thought the girls did a really good job. Um, the women wrestlers, I should say, not girls. Once again... Damn it. Every time. Uh, Another thing. Yeah. um, But in general, I thought they did a really good job. And uh, this was basically a Charlotte highlight reel. 
as far as she hit the moonsault. She's the one that put the person through the table. They're building her up, so I don't think she's going to be the one to go over. I think you might see Natalie turn on her little faction to get the money in the bank. Um, but the thing about the money in the bank is just because you win it, you're not cashing it in right away. So you can hold it for a long time. As far as uh, the Shane McMahon thing, it was probably cooler for you than it was watching at home because uh, it was like the act. You want to see Shane McMahon do his gimmick. But like watching at home, it was kind of like, well, there's this giant brawl going on, and he kind of is just coming out like a goof, just chilling while people are getting thrown through tables. And his reaction is not like, let's set up a tag match or let's do this. Let's figure out a way to settle this. He's like, no, money in the bank match. Here we go. So, you know, it was it was weird watching from home, maybe not as much live, I guess, if that makes sense. No, I was I, I probably worded it wrong then. I thought it was weird as shit and out of place. I thought it was actually more comedic, like what the fuck? Like all these women are beating the crap out of each other, one of them just went through a table and you're dancing still, you're like doing your little fucking routine, like but uh what do we think about okay, this so money you- in the bank match? I, I this match has seemed it seems like it's gotten a lot of heat online as far as like what are they going to be able to do, and my answer to that is like don't underestimate it until you see it. There's some good wrestlers in this match. I think it could be really good. Um, I mean, what else are you going to build out of the women's division besides this match with the way they've built it? So I'm kind of looking forward to it, and I hope it's great. Like I, I honestly, I hope it's the best match on the show. But I know it's not going to be because AJ Styles is on the show, and that's going to be the best match on the show. But <laughs> that's neither here nor there. Um, wah, wah, wah. Uh, in general, I, I hope it's really good, man. I hope it's a good match. I, I do think Natalia is probably going to get the win. We'll we'll see what happens. She's going to end up turning on Tamina and and Carmella. I I don't think that Charlotte. Or Charlotte Flair is working as a good guy, which is weird because people cheer even when she's a bad guy. But as soon as they, like, tried to make her sympathetic, it it seems like it's fallen a little bit flat on the crowds. But I could be wrong. I wasn't there. Um, I know she got a huge pop when she came out, but that's like anytime any Flair comes out in Georgia, they're going to get a huge pop. So. All right, so I want to I want to actually do something. We'll do this with the five boy match for Extreme Rules and also the the uh, men's uh, Money in the Bank power ranking. Um, how do you see this? Uh, do you see Natty as number one no matter what? Like, I see Natty number one with an outside shot going to probably. Carmella's hate is as bad as I hate to say it. Um, the bad guys are going to team on Becky and try to set up a feud out of that, and then you're probably going to get a secondary feud with Charlotte versus Tamina. It's going to be my guess, kind of a Sami Zayn type deal. At least if I was booking it, that way you can do legacy versus legacy or whatever they're going to do with that because they have rights to all that footage with Jimmy Stuka and Ric Flair. So that's kind of where I see it going. But we'll see what happens. I don't know. So I, I think it's a, a, a fair thing. Maddie at number one, 
Carmella at number two, Charlotte at number three, Becky four, Tamina five. Likely this. Yeah, I, that's kind of where I was with it. That I mean, those numbers actually sound exactly how I, I think that would go down. Tamina is like such a long shot just because she hasn't been there in so long. Um, she's a good wrestler, so it'll be cool to see her in feuds against other people, but it's one of those weird things where it's like all of her wins have been in, like, teams, so... And Natalia's the natural... the top heel of the group, so she would be the most obvious uh, one to shit on her own group, you know what I mean? And the Carmella thing, as far as being second, she has James Ellsworth. So if they wanted to put her over, they can use James Ellsworth to get that spot in on Charlotte or whoever they want to almost touch the title before they get pushed over on the ladder... Um, those are my top two for sure, and and the rest I kind of agree with you. I think it, I think it falls in that order. Uh, see, with me, I would have Carmella at three and Charlotte at two and Natty at one, which just switches Carmella basically with Charlotte, but it's the same thing. I don't think Becky's winning. Uh, I really don't think, unfortunately for Tamina, she's going to win. I would like to see Natty win, honestly. I would like to see Natty get a title match because I don't think. You know, we're going to have her for too much longer. I mean, she's, you know, she's into her career and shit. So it would be, it would, it would be nice to see her uh, go against Naomi. She's a good athlete. So if we're going to have someone win, that's why I'd rather, obviously, her than Carmella and Charlotte more so than Carmella uh, and Becky and Tamina. But whatever. It doesn't matter. She's second generation, too, even though no one knows who the fuck her dad is. Oh, that was just mean. Anyways, let's go onward. So we had uh, Bazongo <laughs> going against the Colognes. This was a hilarious match to watch live. Tyler Breeze came out as the woman. Uh, immediately, one of the Cologne brothers grabbed him and ripped the dress off. And everyone's, like, screaming and, like, oh, what are you doing, ref? Like, you know, and the ref re- reacted to us. It was hilarious. Um, and then he went underneath the ring, came back out as a janitor, uh, Brazongo defeated the Colognes. Tyler Breeze hit the Unprettier, which I hate the name of that, but it's a good move that Christian used to do, on Primo to get the pin. Uh, and then afterwards, we have Randy Orton come to the ring. Uh, this has been hyped up the whole entire fucking night. He's going to come address the whole entire thing. He's come address the Jinder Mahal thing. And he came out to the ring and talked about his family and their legacy, blah, blah, blah. Bored the fuck out of me. He vowed to win his, his 14th world title at Money in the Bank. Jinder Mahal appeared on the screen and taunted Orton. Um, and then we had our main event. We'll talk about that after you talk about Brazongo versus the Colognes and Randy Orton coming out and addressing Jinder and then Jinder's response. How'd you feel about that, Chris? Well, the Brazongo match was – it was a similar comedy spot match uh, that they had at the last pay-per-view. But I thought it was a good match. I, I like the Colognes. I just it sucks that they're just gonna they're there as a placeholder to put other people over, but they're doing a really good job at it because Epico and Primo are both good wrestlers. Uh, it was a good match. It was fun. They you know they hit all the spots that you wanted to see, and it was nice seeing uh, Brazengo get a win. Kind of keeps them relevant in the title picture. I do feel like that somewhere down the line they're gonna go New Day versus Brazengo, which is either gonna be awesome or it's going to be very shrug-worthy. And I don't mean on Brazengo's part, because I think the, the Fashion Files thing's probably got another three or four months in it before it gets stale, depending on how they do it. 
But New Day can get very cheesy, so I hope it doesn't bring down Brazingo. I like New Day a lot. Xavier Woods is a really cool dude. If he wants to come over and play me in Street Fighter Five, he's more than welcome. I will whoop that ass. I know he's a resident resident here in Atlanta. He will be a recipient of these hands if he wants to play Street Fighter Five. But all of that being said, um, I thought it was a good match overall. Um, God, I mean, out. How many matches were on this show, Dane? Now that I'm thinking about it, I think we got kind of got shorted matches this week. There was there was a bunch of segments. Uh, we did. We had fucking. Let's see. One. The women's. I'll, I'll consider the women's thing a match. But other than that, there was four matches, four actual matches. That's what I was thinking. Is because I didn't even really count the the brawl as a match. Brazingo versus Colognes. Yeah. There was three. There was three matches, yeah. I mean, one was setting up an angle, so I'm fine with it. And that beatdown uh, Charlotte put on Natalia was pretty good, considering she just lost to the pay-per-view. Um, yeah, I thought this was a good match. It was only five minutes long. It was kind of weird how they, they booked the show. As far as the Randy Orton angle, he just talked about his grandpa a lot. He was like, my grandpa is pretty good. And my dad was pretty good, so that means I'm pretty good. And if my grandpa was here right now, he'd slap me for losing the title, which I'm not sure. Let's let's wicked this real quick. I'm not sure that his grandpa ever held the NWA title. I could be wrong, but are you calling out really... Bob Senior? <laughs> <laughs> well, let's look up Bob Orton Sr. Junior did. I don't know if Bob Orton Sr. did. Let's look this up. All right. Kansas City. They're all from Kansas City. And he was the NWA Central States heavyweight champion, which means he was the heavyweight champion of Ohio, basically. <laughs> That's he the never NWA had champion, big... Chris. Yeah. And then he was the NWA champion St. Louis. So he was big in Ohio. Hey, man, oh, Orton no. wants to shit on the Indies. If Orton wants to shit on the Indies, Chris Patton will shit on his family. <laughs> but that being said, that being said, uh, yeah, I don't, like, I don't know. His grandpa would be like, why are you wrestling in the WWE? There's all these other places you could work for more money and do actual wrestling. Because the territories would still be... I don't know. This whole fucking promo was terrible. Randy Orton, not a good promo guy. Turns out. Jinder Mahal, also not a good promo guy. Hey, Randy's actually not a bad heel promo. He's a fucking awful babyface fucking promo, though. He's horrible. (laughs) He's terrible around on the mic. I just, you know. Like, I'm not taking away this guy's uh, NWA status of these championships in the 50s, but I don't think his grandpa would be too mad that, that you know, his son lost a belt that has changed hands six times since the beginning of the year. I think his his grandpa would be more mad that the fucking belt changed six times over a year. Oh my god. Wow, that hurts. Alright, uh, Chris, let's <laughs> go to the last match. And if Orton thinks any different, you tell him to call me up. 
because I guarantee you right. his our grandpa Troll is. <laughs> I'm gonna get a call. It's gonna be like, "Hello, who is this? Who do you guys think you are talking about my grandparents? My father was in the first WrestleMania. I'm the Viper, and I'll just be about it. I'll hang up by then because I'll be scared. Um. So yeah, last match. No, I will. I will. Uh, I will answer. I will answer that statement with being like, "You mean that random guy that tagged with Roddy Roddy Piper?" Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, man, completely shitting on Cowboy Bob. Oh, I like Cowboy Bob. He, he had his arm fucked up for such a long time, though. It's, a, it's surprising he was a wrestler. Um, yeah, anyways, it was great that he had a... If, he if, had, you, he if you didn't that get cap, that, that, he was, had a gimmick. That one gimmick. <laughs> yeah, if, if people out there don't get that reference, gimmick where his arm was fucked up, so they had him in a, in a uh, cast just so he could hit that over someone's head that was going against him or Rowdy, including Bruno San Martino and Mr. T and Hulk Hogan and many other people uh, during that time period in the early 80s. But, so like I keep on saying, we got one last match. Remember, if you want to call in, if you don't want to be a fucking asshole, call 929-477-3781. Press 1, ask a question, don't be a douchebag. All right, last match. Uh, you know what? Watching him enough and taking a step back, I will give Dolph Ziggler credit that I think he's a damn good in-ring wrestler. Um, do I think that he is a Shawn Michaels highlight reel? Yes, but he does a goddamn good job of doing that. So I'll give him that. But I did get an argument with someone that was booing AJ Styles and then cheering Dolph Ziggler. I looked at the guy and I said, really, dude? I go, I go that guy on the left, AJ Styles, is this generation Shawn Michaels naturally because he's the best in-ring performer? That guy wants to be Shawn Michaels. Or I don't know what I said exactly, but everyone started laughing, and the guy shut up, and I felt really cool for doing that. But uh, either way, Dolph Ziggler did a damn good job with AJ Styles in this fucking match. Styles went for the phenomenal forearm, but Ziggler uh, crotched AJ on the top rope. When he was getting down, he's not looking at Dolph Ziggler, and Dolph Ziggler does a heel-ass move and basically super kicks him right in the back of the fucking head to score the pinfall. Pretty sure that's illegal to do. Whatever. The ref doesn't give a shit anymore. You can do whatever the hell you want. He doesn't even exist. How would you feel about the match, Chris? I feel like they fucked up this finish. I'm not sure what happened, but the finish seems super fucky. But the rest of the match was, me- was pretty good. But then again, it was an AJ Styles match. So when you're like, this is the match that made me think that fucking Ziggler was good. I was like, yeah, well, he's wrestling AJ Styles. AJ Styles could have a match with a fucking broomstick and it'd be good. But <laughs> that being said... It is true. <laughs> it was a decent TV match. It was a weird finish. I I felt like, was AJ Styles supposed to get his leg on the rope? Like, if you watch it on TV, it looks super weird. Um, Maybe that was the finish, and he just didn't get far enough away from the ropes. Uh, I have no idea. It was a decent match, though. I still love AJ Styles. Happy birthday, AJ Styles. Happy birthday! Uh, Sorry that you lost in your fucking home state. I don't know. Vince, I mean, he didn't even have the belt. This wasn't a pay-per-view. What the hell was the point of that? I mean, I don't know. Other than to make people leave the fucking show pissed off and not watch 205, it, it nailed that. That was so dumb! Oh, God. <laughs> fucking nailed that if that's what they were going for. But, yeah. 
Um, so that was the end of SmackDown. <laughs> All right. So actually, and you don't know this. So I watched 205 Live, and a big reason why people did stay, I stayed because I wanted to watch 205 Live, but afterwards, Jinder Mahal and uh, Randy Orton came out and did a match, um, and I called it exactly what was going to happen beforehand. I said, the Singh brothers are going to come in the ring. They're going to attack Randy at one point when he's when, right after he does the RKO to Jinder, uh, so no one looks weak in it. And that's exactly what happened. They actually did have a really good match back and forth, very stiff match. Enjoyed watching it. And then that was the outcome. Um, so, yeah, it's cool what they do for the fans, you know, with the extra matches and stuff. Felt bad for 205 Live. Uh, a lot of badass matches. Not a lot of reaction from the crowd. Austin Aries gets a big pop, and Neville gets a big pop. But they didn't even have a match. They had, like, Austin Aries talking shit about Neville, and then he came out and attacked him, I think. So, either way, I had a great experience with SmackDown, a lot of fun. Uh, me and Chris will probably be at the next one together. And I'm definitely going to go to – I, I want to go to Ring of Honor really bad. That's my next, uh, you know, got to happen style thing. But uh, let's do it. Let's do a power ranking again, Chris, real quick. Um, with this uh, Money in the Bank match, first of all, do you got gender or do you got RVD? Or RVD? Do you have gender or do you have Randy Orton? I have gender retaining. I have gender. I have gender retaining because taking the title off him right now would be kind of ridiculous. That'd be really stupid. All right, so we're gonna say that anyone is most likely gonna go against Jinder Mahal. So keep that in mind for, you know, the concept of booking of like, who, why would you have this person go against this person? So we got AJ Styles, we got Dolph Ziggler, we got Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, Shinsuke Nakamura, and Baron Corbin. Who is six? Who is the least likely to win this? Um, I would say Dolph Ziggler. All right, run down the name of the list again. AJ Styles, or Dolph Ziggler. Run down the name again. What's that? Okay. All right. Oh, Kevin, so o- go ahead. Kevin Owens. It's AJ Styles, Dolph Ziggler, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, Shinsuke, and Baron Corbin. All right, so sixth, Kevin Owens. Fifth, Sami Zayn. Fourth, Shinsuke. Who is who is Baron Corbin? Uh, uh, AJ Ziggler Styles AJ, third, yeah. Ziggler is second, and Baron Corbin is first. Because I think Baron Corbin is going over in this shit. All right, mine's going to be different. Um, I don't know if it's completely different. Let me figure this out. I have also Kevin Owens at six. Um, I'm going to actually put. I don't think Dolph Ziggler is going to win. I, I think that they're not going to give him that big of a push. He's already won the money in the bank. He's already won the title that way. I don't see him doing it again, especially since he's a heel. I would definitely put Sammy next at four. Uh, and I would keep Nakamura. I, the thing with Nakamura, they might do it, but I can't see him cashing it in. I mean, I guess then he could challenge someone, but I think only one person has done that before. Um, so... I can't see him running down and, like, taking out the person or some shit like that, so I don't see him. I'm actually going to say AJ Styles wins and Baron Corbin second. But Chris is a hell of a lot smarter than me, so you might want to go with him if you're betting. Um, my uh, my entire gimmick on this is, is that two of, the, two of the guys are from Canada. One of the guys is from Japan. So it's going to be three of the U.S. Uh, 
It's going to be because that's how WWE likes to build these racist ass feuds for long periods of time. Um, oh, and God, then, right. And to put it over, they really like Baron Corbin. They really like him. Um, it could go to AJ Styles. If, but the thing is, he is a good old boy. To to a you know. It makes more sense to go to the heel, though, because the heel is going to chicken shit his way into the title. But so Jinder is also a heel, majority, too. It's true, but is he going to straight challenge Jinder at WrestleMania before the event? Because I feel like uh, Jinder might be rolling for that belt for a while. Uh, a while. So it's one of those things well, where it's like, it depends. I, I They may put it on, I mean, because Baron Corbin is the kind of heel that doesn't give a shit that another heel is a heel. <laughs> he yeah, that's care. a very good point. <laughs> he is the lone wolf. So if you're going to put it on anyone, it's probably going to be Baron Corbin because then they can switch the title whenever they want to. If they put it on AJ Styles, he's going to do it respectably. And giving AJ Styles a loss to Jinder Mahal seems very, very unrealistic in the next three or four months if they care about their company at all. I can agree with that, but we do, I guess, agree that we're leaning most towards Baron Corbin or AJ Styles. You're more Baron, I'm more AJ, but one of those two guys are probably going to win. Watch us be completely wrong, and they fucking give it to Sami Zayn, which would be fucking awesome. I would pop for that. You know, I would, I, would, I would pop if Kevin Owens fucking won the goddamn thing. I don't think it's going to happen, but we'll find out. And uh, let's keep on moving now to our predictions on Extreme Rules. we get some matches. All right. A couple. All right, so we'll, we'll go over the first one. I know it's going to be really quick, and who gives a shit? Sasha Banks and Rick Swan or versus Alicia Fox and Noam Dar. The fact Sasha that they're Banks using and- Sasha Banks... Yeah, exactly. The fact that they're using Sasha Banks as a tool to get people to watch 205 Live, I get it. But if they don't put her over from this, it's going to – she literally ripped fucking Alicia Fox's weave out of her hair uh, at the 205 taping, um, if you guys haven't seen 205. So I would assume they're going to put the babies over. You agree with me, Chris? I think so. This is the this is the pre-show match, so I would assume so. I would say you probably get um, Rick Swan and Noam Dar doing some maybe like a dive outside, or they take each other out. Sasha Banks hits the bank statement for the win. That's going to be my guess. I do have to say that you know me not knowing her as a wrestler, I like Alicia Fox in the ring. She is really good, and I like that she uses uh, Booker T's kick. Uh, well, it's not really his kick, but you know that he made famous. Um, but if they want to have uh, some more stuff after this, I'm okay with that. But, you know, let's not use one of your best female wrestlers as a way to get people to watch one of your programs that's failing. Do other stuff on the program to make it better. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. But 205 Live is why a great, they, great why program. Why, why, I mean, why didn't they do this with, like, Danny Brooke or somebody is my problem. You could have told the same story. Dana, Dana Brooke's not going to bring viewers to 205 Live. Compared to Sasha Banks, well, you know, I mean, if, if that's no one's going. gonna, no one's gonna, no one's gonna bring viewers to 205 Live if they keep burying AJ Styles in his hometown. Yeah, exactly. No, <laughs> but, I completely agree with you. I completely agree with you. 
All right, so probably my my uh, second, I would say, uh, most anticipated match, Neville versus Austin Aries, submission match only for the WWE Cruiserweight title. Uh, this has been, and I think this is going to be the end, I'm assuming. It's been an awesome rivalry. These guys work together very, really well in the ring. Yes, I compare them to their chemistry with Dean Malenko and Eddie Guerrero. Send me a bunch of hate fucking mail if you want, but they're great cruiserweights. I think it's going to be an awesome match. And I have Austin Aries coming up on top, finally, with the Cruiserweight belt. How about you, Chris? Man, I'm almost scared to pick Aries again, because I've picked Aries the past two times and gotten fucked over on these predictions. Pick Neville! Um, <laughs> I think Aries wins. Uh, interference from TG, TJP. He comes down. Jack Gallagher does some gimmick with the, with the uh, umbrella and Austin Aries hits the last chancery for the win. So that's that's going to be my guess on this. I'm still going Aries. He's my boy. I'm still picking him. <laughs> All right. Well, I hope your boy wins, obviously. Next we yeah, got another me too. match. Think... No, no, no. Go say something about Austin Aries because I love him anyways. Go for it. Um, no, the only thing I was going to say about Austin Aries is I, I loved his work in the Ring of Honor. I really enjoyed him in TNA, whether he was the X Division champion or the world champion. Um, and I think him as a face gives a lot of other people opportunities, um, be it Brian Kendrick or Neville again, or uh, you set up a feud with, TG, uh, with uh, Tyler Perkins versus uh, Neville coming out of this because there's no way Neville can – give T.J. Perkins a title shot. So there's some cool stuff you can do off that if Austin Aries wins this match. So that, I, I'm picking him just simply on that. But also, I just really like him. Austin uh, Aries is dope. <laughs> I just want to see Austin Aries with a fucking belt. I, I completely agree with you. All right, so tag match. we got the Hardy Boys versus Cesaro and Sheamus in a cage match. Uh, all right, well, I have – I think Sheamus and Cesaro are somehow going to fucking win – probably doing something pretty screwed up. And do you think Jeff Hardy is definitely going to be doing a set-down bomb off the top of the cage? 100% happening. There will be a senton bomb off the top of the cage, and he will absolutely squish who's ever taking it. So hopefully it's Sheamus. Maybe he breaks a couple of ribs after he kicked his fucking tooth out. Jesus, I don't even want to get started on that again. But... <laughs> <laughs> Um, I have the hardest right. going over here. I could see, I could see uh, it I going either way. It's like maybe they're holding – someone said, I think it was David Metzer, said that they they might be holding off for this whole entire shit storm to clear down to make them lose the belts for them to go broken or whatever. So who knows? Uh, we'll find out, I guess. Um, hopefully no one's losing any teeth this time, like you said. we got another title match, Alexa Bliss versus Bailey. Can just stick on a pole match for the Raw Women's Title. All right. Um, sucks because I, I mean they didn't have a bad match last time, and it's not anything they did. I like Alexa Bliss as a heel. Bailey's a good worker. It just that fucking killed it for me. But if I'm gonna get to it, they did a good job because I want to see Bailey fucking get the pole and beat the shit out of Alexa and then get the title back. So I'm gonna go. Bailey's gonna win. Uh, but I feel like I'm actually going to be really wrong and Alexa's going to win. I'm going to go with Alexa Bliss 
Alexa Bliss wins this match, but she gets her ass beat with a kendo stick, and Nia Jax comes out for an interference. And it's a no-DQ match because there's a fucking kendo stick on top of a pole. And they'll randomly throw some WWE logic in there to make that make sense. Hey, actually, I forgot to ask you about that. Nia Jax, she recently made a comment saying that, and I didn't know if it was stuff for the storyline for her progression or it was a shoot, but she basically said that WWE's not handling the females on Raw uh, like they're handling the, the females on SmackDown. No, no, that was just a personal statement. I thought I thought the way they're dealing with the females on SmackDown, keeping them all involved constantly means more for their career. What I said about Nia Jax is I was like, I wonder if they sent her down for house shows because she dropped both Sasha Banks, Bailey, and uh, Charlotte on their heads and yeah. almost repetitive. Yeah. So I was just curious about that. But I do kind of think that she interferes here and Bliss keeps the title. I could definitely see that happening and playing out. I mean, she's probably going to demolish them both. I think she might demolish them both setting up a three-way is my guess. And then Bailey gets the title the next pay-per-view. I don't think they want to switch this title that much. Um, We'll see, though. I don't know. I mean, they switched that other title like six times this year, so... (laughs) Exactly. All right, Dean Ambrose point. versus The Miz. Stipulation match for the WWE Intercontinental title. Uh, basically, if anyone is disqualified for whatever reason, um, you know, against Dean Ambrose, he loses the title. I think The Miz is going to – I don't know how The Miz does not win this one. Maybe, actually, Dean wins it because it's that obvious. Uh, but I have The Miz going over in this match. What do you got? I had Miz going over, but we talked about this three weeks ago. As soon as that bell rings, Maurice should slap the absolute shit out of the Miz, and he should do like a big slapback bump or something. And that's a disqualification. Um, Do you think the drifter is going to get involved? Now, my original thought when we talked about this and how I would book it was that, but... I would have Kurt Angle restart the match. And then if you're really giving the drifter a big push, maybe the drifter costs, um, because they booked it earlier, the drifter costs uh, Ambrose the match by hitting the Miz because the Miz hit the drifter. So my guess is there will be a, a random restart in this match. This is a wild pitch, but I hate I was right on the Hardys coming out of WrestleMania, so let's give it a shot. Yes, you are. So, Miz tries to get disqualified. Doesn't happen. And then, or or it does happen, and Kurt Angle restarts the match, and then the drifter hits Miz square in the forehead with a guitar or in the back with a guitar or something weird like that. So that's my guess. And then Miz walks away with the title. Yep, I think that's going to happen. Then Dean and the Drifter will have a feud, and I, I could see the Miz at that point. Uh, maybe unless he wins, maybe maybe Seth Rollins will go for the Intercontinental title. That could be interesting. We'll have to find out, but who knows? You know, it could go the other way. Like literally, we could be looking at this in such like a duh, they're going to do that, 
that WWE might be like, nope, Dean Ambrose wins. Like, maybe they do what you said, and then Dean Ambrose ends up coming back and winning, you know, normal or some shit. I don't know. But we have one more match. The five-way universal title number one contender to go against Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar! Bray Wyatt, Seth Rollins, Roman Reigns, Finn Balor, and Samoa Joe. Um, same thing. Let's, let's do, like, a power ranking. Fifth, who do you think has no shot in hell of winning this? Roman Reigns, gonna, for some reason. I'm going to say Bray Wyatt. Uh, who would your okay. four be? Who's got second to last? Probably Bray Wyatt, unfortunately. I'm going to put Roman Reigns. I'm going to put Roman Reigns. So we're we're just switched right there. I would put Samoa Joe next. Uh, Seth Rollins is my second, and I think Finn Balor is actually going to win. Unless all that stuff with Paul Heyman is going to happen later on this year, and he's not setting it up for right now. Who, who do you think out of those? Who do you think is going to win the match, Chris? I think I think Rollins is going to end up winning the match. Joe is my second, and then Balor is my third because I really think they're going to try to build that feud between Balor and Wyatt beforehand. Because they're going to need another dark. match on that. They're going to need another match on that pay per view to sell it, and I think Balor versus Wyatt is their best match. But they could go Reigns, Cost, Rollins, the title shot, and Joe goes over. So that's why I went one and two with Rollins and Joe. Well, and the thing is, it makes sense because apparently they're doing dark matches right now with Bray Wyatt and Finn Balor. So maybe Bray fucks over Finn and they screw each other out of it uh, somehow. We'll have to find out. But uh, I really would like to see Finn Balor win. But maybe, you know, if that's later on and we get a build towards it, that's fine. I would love to see Finn Balor win an inter- uh, intercontinental title. Maybe him against the Miz. Like, that would be another way to go about it. Uh, we'll have to find out, you know. I mean, that, that, that's what's great about wrestling. We can predict. But until we get to Sunday, we're not going to fucking know. So, uh Hey, we uh, finished the show with uh, a little bit of time left. Do you want to go into some New Japan, Chris? Oh, yes, sir. I sure I sure do. Mostly just to hype it. Um, so Will Osprey is going for his second Super, uh, Super Juniors win in a row, which hasn't been done in a long time as far as two in a row. Um, and this is going to be one hell of a match. Uh, it's going to be him versus Kushida on Saturday, New Japan uh, World. Watch it. It's going to be live at 4 a.m. If you don't watch it at 4 a.m., I understand, because that's fucking early as hell. But uh, him versus Kushida sounds amazing. Will Ospreay versus Kushida. Will Ospreay won the uh, block, the A block, um, and Kushida, of course, won the B block with eight points. Will won with ten points. They could be putting Kushida over, but I really feel like they're going to go for that two wins. Maybe a three win with Will Ospreay setting up something with NATO as being the guy that doesn't appreciate NATO's uh, disrespect of the title. We'll see what's happening. But the biggest surprise of this is Justin Thunderliger went one and six in this entire tournament. And he's already came out and said it's going to be his last tournament. Uh, some of the best matches, uh, watch all the Dragon Lee matches, the, uh, Taichi, the Taiachi matches, the Will Osprey Ricochet match, um, 
and the Marty Scroll ricochet match. The Block B matches weren't as good, not to uh, give any of these guys a hard time. I love Kushida so much. I still wish he was tagging with uh, Alex Alex Shelley. Um, but I really feel like Will Ospreay is going to go over in this match. I could be wrong. Um, Kushida would be another good choice, but that is going to be one hell of a match tomorrow at 4 a.m. So look for those highlights or look for that match in general. It's It's going to be amazing. Those two guys are probably going to shut it down. And then also there is a Kenny Omega tag match. I'm trying to remember. Let me look it up real quick who Kenny Omega's tag partner is going to be. don't remember who his partner is going to be, but he's going against uh, Guido and Okada on the same show. So that should be uh, very, very good as well um, and just furthers that feud a little bit. So all, all of that stuff is going to be really, really good tomorrow at 4 a.m. Maybe you wake up at like 1 and watch it, have some beers or something tonight and hey, have a nice show. Yeah, well, this is going to be on New Japan World, so that means it'll be aired on oh. access like four or five weeks later. Um, and then, of course, Dominion's coming up and then G1. Those are all things that we should be excited about. Uh, the winner will face uh, – it's already been said. I'm sorry. It is not going to be NATO. If Will Osprey wins, he will be uh, fighting uh, Takahashi at Dominion on June 11th, which will also be on New Japan World, which will probably also be on a Saturday at 4 a.m., um, but you'll definitely catch it, catch it later. So just sign up for New Japan World. Those are going to be two great matches, and if – you haven't already watched the Ricochet uh, Marty Scroll match and the Will Ospreay uh, Ricochet match. Those were both amazing. Um, it's going to be interesting. I really do think Will Ospreay is probably going to get the win here to just further, like, you know, he's won it twice in a row. Um, maybe he wins the title. They make a title match out of the next tournament. We'll see. Usually the way it goes is whoever wins this gets a title match. Um, the other thing that's big in New Japan right now is just NATO absolutely demolishing the Intercontinental title. He's broken plates off of it. He's destroying it. He's already said the only person that's even stepped to him is Justin Thunderliger in a promo. Go check all that stuff out. Uh, it's probably some of the best real work I've seen. It's, it's really good. NATO just consistently is one of my favorite wrestlers, so if you get a chance, check him out. If you're not a big New Japan fan, I don't know what to tell you. I will say consistently they're putting on better events right now um, as far as straight old-school wrestling goes. If you're more of a story person, WWE is always going to be your bread and butter, but if you just want to watch some art in the center of that ring, New Japan is doing some really, really good shit right now. So uh, check out Will Ospreay versus Ricochet, my boy Ricochet, and uh, definitely check out Marty Scroll versus Ricochet. And then this finals match tomorrow, which is going to be a huge deal for uh, Will if he if he gets the win because it'll be a second in a row. Will Osprey is a demon in the ring. He's fast, persistent. He's hilarious. I don't know if he'd actually transfer really well with WWE. Uh, well, I mean, he'd just have to stop cussing. I guess Marty Scroll would have the same problems because he likes to say "suck my dick," but. Will Osprey literally, when he goes for like super super punches, he'll say "fuck you" and hit it on the U. It's hilarious. The stuff that he did with Ricochet, 
You know, people can say dive, dive, whatever, go fuck yourself. Amazing. Uh, regardless if they had to, like, you know, go over that so many times beforehand, it, it was it was a lot of fun to watch. Um, but, yeah, I'm definitely going to be checking out a lot I mean, of stuff. Um, other, other than that, just, I mean, there, there's been some really good matches. Like, uh, I don't want to leave any of these guys out. Bushy versus, uh, Bushy versus Tiger Mask was good. Um, check that out. There, I mean, there are so many good matches. If you if you have New Japan World, just try to watch this entire tournament. It, it is a long tournament, and I get it. But if you really appreciate in ring work, check it out. It was it was all really really good. There were some matches I didn't care for that had some weird spots, but for the most part, this was very very entertaining. Um, I kind of expected either Scroll or Ricochet to go over, so it was cool that they took each other out. So it's it's a good build. I I would definitely recommend watching it. Well, you know, and I mean that type of stuff I love is just like the UK tournament, uh, King of the Ring back in the day, which they should so bring back. Uh, the the Cruiserweight Classic. I love stuff like that. Uh, speaking about UK, let's bring up that match. Uh, we had a badass fucking match between Pete Dunne and who was the other gentleman that he won against? Man, this weekend. Uh, this week on. on- or TakeOver? On NXT. Uh, I think it was Daniel Birch. Yes, 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 Danny Birch. What a strong-hitting match. Did you like that one, Chris? I really did. I, I thought it was a good match. It was better than anything that was on SmackDown and Raw. If you haven't seen it, definitely check it out. Uh, Dunn is over as fuck with that full sale crowd right now. They're completely mm-hmm. behind the bruiser wing. Is weird because it took he it took him a long time, but he finally got heel heat with that crowd to try to get uh, Birch over um, as a face. But it, the entire time they were behind him as soon as he hit the ring, he put the title belt in his mouth. Like that guy right now can do no wrong, and as far as that crowd's concerned, um, which worries me a little bit. But at the same time, it. it it was really good stuff. And that pay-per-view match, I think we talked about last week with him and Dave. Oh, yeah. was the best WWE match I've seen this year. Um, By far. Hands By down. Far, definitely. Hands, hands down the best. I'm not including last year. There was a lot of really good matches last year, 2016 WWE style. But this was the best. This might be the best. It might have been one of the best NXT matches I've seen in a year, year and a half. It was a really good match. So if you haven't watched it, if you were holding out on watching Chicago Takeover, I'm going to put it over one more time. <laughs> Watch Dunn versus Bate. It was oh really good. Oh, my God. Good. Even, even D- DI, uh, DIY versus the Authors of Pain, that was a great tag match. Told a great story uh, to start to finish. NXT is another thing. If you're not checking it out, you are missing out. It has elements of ECW when it comes to the love of one area, putting so much love to their wrestling, because those those guys are devoted. Now, I don't know if they're as devoted as Philly with the ECW, but same type of concept. And then you have a Ring of Honor style, you know, thing to it, and these are your future WWE main eventers. Aleister Black, Hato Itami, uh, Roger Strong. There's so many good fucking wrestlers coming from NXT, and the stuff they're doing with the UK, I can't wait for their UK show. They brought it up again. Um, I think that's going to do really well, and it will kill 205 Live because they'll be like, well, that one's doing well, and that one's doing bad. 
I don't think we're going to go with this one anymore. Either that or they're both going to sink. How do you feel about the UK show on the network? I'm, I'm kind of excited about it. I hope that they mix in some of the 205 guys because no one says that you have to be from England to wrestle for the UK title, um, which I think you could pull a really heel move with someone like Brian Kendrick or even TJ Perkins if you're leaving Hill, or even, I mean, Neville is, Neville is from the United Kingdom, so he would be like the Jack obvious. Gallagher. Or Jack Gallagher. There's guys that you can mix in there to make that very interesting that are already on Raw and have a big, like, you know, a, a bit of a push in general. I wouldn't say a huge push because they kind of shit on the two Even Drew McIntyre, man. Yeah, I mean, there's tons of stuff you can do, so I'm very interested in it. I kind of hope Dunn holds on to this title for a while because I'm really enjoying him. Um, and I enjoyed Tyler Bates too. I mean, like I thought he was, I thought, I thought he was, he was very entertaining. That was a great match. So even if it ends up with them versus like that, that follow-up match, I'm, I'm totally fine with that. The thing that I'm uh, a little more suspect about is this women's tournament. I don't know what they're going to do with that. Um, the May Young tournament. We'll see. Yeah. They, I mean, are they going to put main roster people on that, or are they just going to sign indies? I know, I know, uh, Hojo just signed. I sent you a match of hers earlier, like one of the only five star Dave Meltzer women matches in the past like three or four years. So check that thing out. But um, it'll be interesting to see what they do. Um, that that whole tournament concept is a little more weird to me because they some of their best talents already up to the main roster. So do they put them back down to try to win this tournament? Is the tournament for a cup? Is it for a belt? Is it going to be for the NXT title? It's going to be interesting to see what they do with that in general. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. I'm definitely going to check it out, but we're going to see what happens. All right, Chris, we got less than two minutes left. Uh, Put yourself over, say goodbye to all the wonderful people. And uh, we had a good show, man. It was uh, good talking to you about some wrestling. My name is Chris Patton, as you guys know, I will be on Xbox Live later. Christ 5000 will be playing some Overwatch. If you have other questions wrestling-wise or anything else, or you just want to play some Overwatch, hit me up. It'll be a good time. Um, I'm very thankful to be a part of this show. Dane, I love you as always. Definitely check out the New Japan stuff. I think I've hyped all I can, Dane. Sorry. Not at all. A problem, man, and I uh, love you and, and, and happy to have you part of the program, as always. Um, and definitely, uh, I'll also be on Xbox, uh, but I'll be playing 2K because I can't stop playing the game. I need, really, really need to get Injustice 2 just to take me away from this. But there's so many people you can play as. You can play as all of your favorites, you know, and then erase a couple of them you don't use and then download some more of your favorites. So it's, it's hard, but uh, hey, man. We've had a great show, and I always enjoy hanging out with you guys. Thank you for coming to us for wrestling. Thank you for being a part of Geek Five. Have a wonderful Friday and a wonderful weekend, and just try to be a second All right, that didn't work as much as I thought it would be. Just have a good one. That's it. Peace out. Just a sexy boy. Why did Shawn Michaels sing this? Happy birthday, AJ Styles. Happy birthday, AJ. Peace. That's your boy, so not a star. I'm making hot.